0: You could take the bar away from the bartender, but you can never take the booze away from a bartender.
1: <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Preach.
2: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Gin and Beer It. I am Meg, and this week I am super excited to be joined by Shauna and Adele from the amazing Talk Tales podcast. Hi, Shauna and Adele. Hey. Hi. hey! How are you guys Good. doing? Good.
1: <laughs> Stoked to be here. Thank you so
2: much for having us. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. So Shauna and Adele have a podcast that is a currently a bartender advice podcast that I recently discovered and basically just shot my shot and dm'd them and was like do you guys want (laughs) to do something together and they were so kind to have me as a guest on their show and come as a guest on mine so i'm super excited um do you guys want to tell me and the listeners a little bit about yourselves and about talk tales and what you guys do
0: yeah um yeah absolutely um i'm super excited to be doing this i love doing crossover episodes so i'm this is really cool um yeah talk tales is a bartender podcast and it all started in 2017 with myself adele and our old co-host matt uh rest in peace for the podcast he's still alive he's still, alive. He's still, alive. He's still
1: there that got dark
0: oh no no he's fine he's fine he's no, fine he's
1: fine he's just that to us just kidding
0: yeah no but we still love him seriously matt, no,
1: seriously, we matt. Love him. let's
0: go hang out let's go, go on a hike i miss you matt um but yeah, it all started uh, with an idea that uh, I, I came up with over a big, large margarita size of my head, and then was like, oh, I can talk good, and I can record it. <laughs> and so I was like, Adele, I got this idea. I got to start this podcast. She's like, I'm in. Let's do this. I'm like, okay, cool. So then, uh, So yeah, and then we've been recording ever since, and it started off as Bartender Stories. Um, mainly cause, uh, the concept came cause I've always wanted to document bartender stories cause I've been a bartender for 15 years and been listening to other bartender stories for, uh, uh, I don't know, since I was 21 ish, maybe a little younger, depending on the fake idea situation. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I like them. I, I enjoy them and I like talking about them. So that's where that concept came from. But then what happened Adele,
1: but then COVID happened. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, so COVID. after after COVID happened, uh we there was an attempt to continue doing these uh, bartender stories um via, you know, those virtual tools that we have, but it just wasn't tra- I feel like it wasn't translating properly. Um especially because we before with the podcast, we had like a system. We would record at Shauna's house. She has like a separate space where we call the studio, um, and guests would come on. We'll come to our house. We would usually have some sort of like snacks or dinner together. We'll have some cocktails together. And then, you know, naturally the conversation becomes really organic and we get to know each other a little bit, but then we put microphones in front of you. So the conversation kind of had this really cool, uh, personal, like it really, like, it flowed really well because we got this face-to-face interaction. We used to have uh, uh, improv characters that would come on to, for comedic relief and all these things, but that wasn't really translating so much uh, virtually. So uh, we kind of had to adapt with COVID like most bartenders did and whatever they're doing, and now we have a, a slightly different platform. It's called TalkTales cheaper than therapy in which we have, we try to mimic the interactions that we're not having anymore with guests and bartenders. And, you know, as you guys all know, guests love to dump all their problems onto their bartenders and treat them like they're therapists. So we figured we could take that concept and try to, you know, mimic it via a a virtual podcast. And now we have a Google phone number that people can dial up and leave a question, a comment, just rant kind of, allow them to do that thing that we all miss um and then we address those questions uh on the podcast and it's a lot of fun
0: yeah we always have a guest as well that joins us to help us answer the questions and the 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 calls are super fun and really you know and it's still a kick and we've never really taken ourselves seriously um that you know there's a lot of informational podcasts out there and i think that with, between Adele and myself, we have like, o- what, over like 25 years of bartender experience, yeah. I would say. Um, and for me, it's just, you know, I've gone through the stages of bartending and uh, you know, from managing all these different things. And then like at a, at a certain point in my career, I just was like, I, don't, I just don't really want to take myself seriously, <laughs> you know? I like, I, I, I think it's such a crazy industry and like the experiences that we've all had. So it's like Let's let's just like have fun with this and and interact with our, um, our colleagues, our coworkers, our 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 business or industry professionals, uh, our drink enthusiasts, our everyone that's in our industry or enthusiastic about our industry, and like let's have fun,
1: right? Yeah, because ultimately that's what it's all about. Um, I always like, and Shana says this, and I say all the time, but like anybody. Anybody can be a mixologist. It literally is memorizing recipes and pr- applying technique. Not everybody can be a bartender. It takes a certain type of skill to be a bartender. And that skill truly revolves around human interaction. And um, there's a lot of styles of bartending, but I've, you can make me the best cocktail I've ever had in my life. But if you don't carry a good conversation, I probably will never sit back at your bar top. And that's the reality of it. And I think that we would talk to us. We really wanted to highlight that. We wanted to highlight the people that you're connecting with and talking with rather than what cocktail that you make. What's your decorate spec? Like that's cool and it's nerdy and it's awesome. But ultimately I want to know about you and like what makes you, what makes me want to return to your bar and sit in front of you.
0: And just to piggyback quickly on that and kind of to wrap this concept or idea up is, um, a lot of times, uh, my from my experience, I like to I like to speak for myself. I don't. I try not to speak for other people. But um, the the bars get a lot of credit. Um, you know, these bartenders and mixologists, as you say, uh, they create these cocktails and these experiences that guests sit down and they uh, have like the best time. They keep coming back. And they keep coming back. And th- then guess what? This bar starts getting writ up, written up in the papers. It, in the papes, they get it written up in the papes. <laughs> they get it all the credit, and uh, you know, and so and um. And then sometimes, sometimes a lot of these bartenders are kind of left with the credit being given to like the title of the bar, and the bar is very successful. But at the end of the day, these these people that are creating the, this environment, which is the bartender, I don't know how many times I could say this. Like, you could create the most beautiful, magical uh experience of sitting in a bar you want, but if the bartenders are not happy and not treated properly, it's gonna suck. The whole situation's gonna suck. So like it's it is the bartenders and that that experience lays like totally is individually with them. And um I mean maybe not a hundred percent, but like, you know, thank you for thank you everyone who makes beautiful bars for our stages to be able to perform and do our craft. Um but i like to give those people credit like i feel like they don't get the credit that that's due sometimes you know and there's there's different elements like tales of the cocktail and different things that like give awards and like um you know name highlight you know the the best of the best in the industry and stuff but i don't think it has to stop there i think i think people who work at a dive bar should be given credit too
1: yeah yeah i agree i think that that like i mean that Time and time again, you go to a new city, and I, I go back to his memory because you said Tesla cocktail. But like my favorite experience in New Orleans when we all went as a podcast was to this dive bar with this charming, lovable, amazing bartender because of her personality. Did I go there and order a a clarified milk punch or a you know perfectly like ratio daiquiri or did I get a Ramos Jim Fizz? No, I had I forget what Blue the fuck I had. Oh yeah. She- I had Blue, blue, carry, blue Gatorade and Fournette. And, like, she's the thing that I remember the most about New Orleans because she was so charming. And, like, it didn't really matter, you know, if she wore suspenders and had a waxy mustache. What mattered was her personality. You know what I mean? And that was, like... Yeah,
0: she, she, you don't see her up there on the boards getting uh,
1: awards. You know, she doesn't get know. awards. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just... It, and the that's truly what matters. Hero. Exactly. We hero. Exactly. We were there for hours. I was playing... I was gambling... <laughs> You were gambling. And we I was had, like, Adele, leave me alone. I'm gambling. We're drinking blue Gatorade because instead of water, they give you Gatorade because it's that much of a drinking culture there. It's on there. a it's, gun. Yeah. It's on a gun. It's crazy. It's so and good. then we had uh, crawdads. It was great. It was a great experience. And she was so charming. Uh, we had to have her on a podcast the next day. She came to her hotel room. She brought us frozen Irish coffees to a hotel room. She was just such an amazing person. And it really had nothing to do with her Creativeness when it came to cocktails, or her technique, or how well does she dry? Does she reverse dry shake, or so does she dry shake, or what? It didn't really matter.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that we met her. That was awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: No, that that's great. That's those are the connections that are so great to make. And honestly, I think we have two very important things in common, which is why I was so excited to have you both on the podcast. Which is we both are using our podcast as a way to share a unique experience that we have. And we've both also pivoted our podcast during the pandemic into something that kind of suits this new world that we're all living in better. But what we don't have in common is that you guys are actual bartenders and you're actually the first real bartenders that I've had on the show. Um, And I'm really excited about that because first of all, it's an opportunity to say thank you because as you said, you are the unsung heroes and you're also the unsung heroes that have been hit really horribly by this pandemic. Um, I'm super, super lucky that I work in finance, um, and I'll bitch about it all day long. But at the end of the day, I've been able to log into my laptop and work from home for the past six months and you know, my paycheck has stayed the same and I, you know, it it like in that in that sense actually life's been a little bit better because I just haven't had a commute. Um, but there are so many people in in the hospitality industry that have just been abs just gotten their asses kicked by, you know, fate, basically. Um And it's just, it it's terrible. And I do, yeah, I like so many, I've had so many guests on the podcast recently, and it's always just like, God, like, we love bartenders so much. And like, some of my favorite memories are just sitting and talking to bartenders. And, and like you said, it's usually in dive bars, not there. I mean, there's been some amazing, like, you know, award winning bars that I've chatted to bartenders at, but it's usually the dive bars where all of a sudden, you know, you like a friend and I will have gone into a dive bar at one o'clock in the afternoon just like, Oh, let's get a drink before we head off to whatever we plan on doing and at like eleven at night when we're getting a taxi home. We're like, Well, that was great
0: (laughs) um with one michelada (laughs) yeah it's tequila shots down the line
2: that's how it goes but yeah no i just i just have so much respect for bartenders and it, it and adele what you said about like anyone can be a mixologist like i have you know feel like i've dabbled in like home mixology but i could never refer to myself as a bartender because it just it's so much more than just putting a drink together um which is why i just think the your both of your perspective is is so great to have on the show so, with that being said, what have you each chosen to talk about as your meaningful drink or meaningful drink subject for this episode?
0: Um, so, yeah, when when we started checking out and listening to gin and beer it uh, and the concept of choosing a drink to really dive in about, like, kind of rep- what represents um, ourselves and stuff, and, like, I, I have a... That's a tough one for me because... I personally am, I'm not necessarily a product of routine. I have a really hard time with monotony and I have a hard time with doing the same thing all the time. Um, I don't know why ADD, I guess. I don't know. Never. I I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll (laughs) see. I got to get diagnosed still. Um, But uh, I, I'm a product of like change. I love change. I'm like, I thrive in change. And so I drink, very seasonally and i drink very much about my mood um so i think it's kind of fitting too right now to talk about like seasonal like beverages and kind of like how you change your drinking patterns as the seasons go a because it's now guess what fall you know, right. I made you told me that I told it you. is. Yeah. No, yeah. someone,
2: someone on Instagram today posted like a pumpkin spice latte being like, it's fall equinox. And I was like, holy
1: shit. It is. Wow. No. Autumn. Yeah. it just <laughs> feels weird. hits we weird have, this year.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's another thing is time is just like, not even a weird, it, it doesn't even exist this year. It's a very strange, this whole COVID thing. Uh, So yeah. So like fall, this is where an I, the, the, the weather changes, the sun's different. The, 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 The atmosphere is different. The terroir is different. Everything is starting to change from the last, what, four months or so. Uh, So it's pretty natural, at least for me to, for myself to change as well. And a lot of that, you know, in the drinking world and in the bar world, that it's just hand in hand goes with beverage. Um, So now is this time where, like, the plants are changing. We're in Los Angeles, so it's <laughs> not as drastic. Uh, but there is. You can tell that the seasons are changing, mainly because of the sun. So this is when I start, like, thinking, oh, man, I can't. I'm going to start making some whiskey cocktails mm. and d- dabbling into, um, you know, fall flavors of spices and um, ciders and uh, apple. Like, I literally just made a apple cinnamon oleosaccharum mm. uh for a cocktail class I'm doing in like next week or something, and it's like just making that it gives you the comfort, and it then that kind of brings me into the mood situation of being like it changes my mood and it changes my the my, my whole uh, like aura of being. If you say, <laughs> wait, was that, that was my that was my stoner laugh. Wait, what is my stoner laugh? <laughs> Uh, I don't I don't smoke weed I just grow it. Um, <laughs> but uh so yeah it, it, I mean it, for me like seasons change as much as I do and my age and my Hair and my ideas and, and my drinks, and so right now fall is where we're at, and then you talk winter, then you know again I'll stay in the in the brown spirits, but then you know I'll start wanting red wine and like, yes. uh, sp- yeah, in spring I'm like oh give me them gin cocktails, like I want that gin and some vino verde, and then uh you know summer give me, uh, agave spirits, forget it, don't even don't even mess with me agave, so I mean I could. Super like, go down a rabbit hole on this one. (laughs) Please stop me.
1: (laughs) So I, so to pick it back off of uh, Shauna's like uh, seasonal, you know, concept. um, I'm actually the opposite of, of Shauna. I do not like change. I like I'm a one trick pony. I like I like you know consistency. I like I like having something to go to that I know it's always going to be the same. That brings me a lot of comfort. So for, for this episode, uh, so I picked a a cocktail that to me, I can have any, any season and it has an element of all those seasons, which is why I, I find it like I can have it during the summertime. I can have it during the winter. I can have it during fall. I can have it during spring. And I picked the Pan American Clipper, which is one of like definitely top three most favorite cocktails ever. And this cocktail is made with, um, apple brandy, lime juice, pomegranate, and absinthe. And I feel like it hits all the things like, uh, if it's, if it's summertime, the lime, the sour element of it is perfect as it's a, like a daisy essentially. So it's great poolside, um, fall, obviously the apple brandy it's, it's, I love apple brandy so much, um, uh, I've tried it with Calvados. So if you want to get really fancy with it, Applejack, your Laird's overproof is fantastic with it. Um, that's very obviously fall. I think of fall, but it also has an l- element of like a certain like floralness to it that also takes me to spring. Um, the pomegranate also very as your sweetener element. Uh, I think of fall. I think of pomegranates as a fall, like a, exclusively a fall fruit. And then the absinthe, which is, you know, super, it can be bitter. It can be super herbaceous and kind of like a little bit overpowering. I think of winter. It's so dry. It's so, it's like like eating nothing fresh. Like I think of, although it's very botanical, I think of absinthe as like a a warming, like like stiff, overpowering, uh, just like it's wintertime. Let's drink some absinthe. To me, that makes sense. So I think of absinthe as a very winter, just like. I don't know it's licorice I think you know what I mean all these things are not like summery I think of absence so I think this cocktail has the elements of the all seasons and I can have it anytime and I, I know exactly what it's going to taste like it brings me comfort and if it's a summertime I'm like oh great this is so refreshing if it's wintertime I'm like oh this is so herbaceous and warming if it's falltime I'm like oh this is so apple forward it's, it's exactly what I needed so I think that's a drink that re- kind of reflects all seasons and it takes me it gives me comfort no matter the time of year
2: I love that. No, that, that's excellent. I feel like I am actually, like, probably an exact mix of you two, because Adele, I also hate change. I'm not, I don't feel, <laughs> I don't, for someone who picked up their life and moved to London, um, I'm not a fan of change, but I feel like I use seasons changing and, like, the different drinks and foods and clothes that go with that as a way of coping with change and getting myself excited for it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um so yeah, even though I don't really like change, um, I love, I love cocktails like a you know some, side, like hard cider and rum or something like that or um, mulled wine is super big in the UK. Um, if you Ooh. pretty much from like late October onwards, if you go into a pub, they'll have like a massive just vat of mulled wine and they'll just like dish it out for you. I um, love that. Yeah, which yeah. is just like a big hug. Um, I feel like I, I drink gin and tonics because I live in London. I drink gin and tonics all year, but the t- sort of gin and tonic that I have will change. So this summer, well, not this summer, basically for the past like two years, but um, the Malfi Gin Rosa and like Fever Tree Aromatic, that is like such a nice sunny day gin and tonic. But then in the winter, you'll get slow gins. Um, yeah, and then I, I have my drinks that I'll I'll drink year round to I me mean, I'll I'll always drink a Negroni Manhattan old fashions all of those but um I guess I'll change up like day to night but no it's it I hadn't really thought about it that much until you guys suggested it as a topic but drinking like our our drinking tastes and patterns are so reflective of the seasons and and what time of the year we're in um and it's just it's it's interesting to look at. Do you guys as, as bartenders, do you feel like you notice that with what people order throughout the year that even if you're, even if the weather isn't like super, super summery or super, super wintry that people will tend to order different drinks based on what
1: time of the year it is? I mean, definitely. I think, uh, I think we've all had, I mean, for example, it's been fucking so hot in LA. It's been like, it's like, it was like last week it was a hundred and Eleven fucking degrees in LA. It was so gross and hot. And um, I now with the new COVID regulations, you can only have or service if you have an outdoor seating. So for where I work, um, the bar is inside and we have the patio outside. So I don't have any interactions with guests. I just get the tickets or the drink that the server needs to get. Um, and somebody ordered uh, an, uh Irish coffee, and I was so. <laughs> taken aback i was just like it's 100 fucking degrees outside you really want hot coffee with heavy cream and whiskey like what the hell so you know (laughs) that kind of illustrates that yeah they're the the weather definitely uh directly affects people's drinking habits but then you know that man and my or woman i don't know what it was i'm just assuming it's a man i don't know why but uh (laughs) him and i probably have a lot in common because you can tell this person is a one trick pony, like he oh, he wants to drink an Irish coffee no matter what, and he probably orders that every single time. Clearly not even taking weather in consideration. So it's just, but like Aperol spritz are so big right now. Like oh, it's, yeah. I, I make so many of them, especially in a hot day. Uh, margaritas are always in in the summertime. Um, wintertime, it's more spirit forward cocktails. You got your old fashions, a lot of Manhattans. Um, Irish coffees, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. And uh, also, I just want to mention that a um, lot of... You have to think about produce, too. So, a lot of the cocktails that are being poured at bars and with more cocktail-focused bars, uh, you you are wanting to keep things within, like, local produce, too, you know? And what what is available at the farmer's markets or the grocery stores, even. And um, so... I I love crafting cocktails amongst what what is easily available at the time, you know, and it makes no sense to me to craft cocktails with uh, to make syrups out of like you know maybe frozen persimmons or something, you know, you know, and like so it doesn't it it goes seasons play a lot and w- not only just with the cocktails that we're making with, with the food we're eating and the elements around us that are available readily available too, so. Um, you know, things seem very things cocktails seem very like cut and dry and simple, like adding different spirits together and different syrups together and citrus and blah 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 blah. But like, it, it cocktails and drinking like really at its core boiled down to like being human and the experience that is engulfed in the entire like existence of our like living planet, kind of like every, I know this seems very existential, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but like, uh, you know, like a lot of, even just alcohol in general was developed uh, from the beginnings of, of being just existing as a human. And we wouldn't have a lot of what we have without the like, um, the ex- experiment of alcohol and ideas that we've created without alcohol and, and connections that we've had and historical events and, I mean, it's just trade and, like, creating, like, methods of trade. A lot of this really comes down to, like, w- the environment around us that has to do with alcohol and, and cocktails and booze. So you really got to take all that into consideration. It's really... Uh, it's pretty, you know, it's kind of like trying to imagine how big the universe is, but
2: yeah, it's, it's overwhelming. It is overwhelming when you, when you think about it and what you said about produce is absolutely true because like, um, Pims and lemonade is, is so big here in the summertime and lemonade here is actually basically just Sprite. Um, so it's, it's just, it's, it is, it's fizzy. It's fizzy lemonade soda. It's not like what we would call lemonade in America. It's very confusing when you first, uh, first get into it. But, um, yeah, every, everyone here at like Pimm's is like, you'll drink it at Wimbledon, like horse races, like you'll drink it just outside in the summer. Um, but when you make it at home in a jug, it's like a salad plus a drink cause it, you know, it's strawberries, it's mint, cucumbers, lemon, lime, oranges, like basically whatever you have in your fridge. Um, and it's a drink that I, would only crave if it was nice outside so even in the summer if it's cloudy and cold which it's london so that happens sometimes um even if it's it, even if it's the summer i wouldn't really want a PIMS. but definitely towards the end of the season when all of that fruit that you're putting in the drink starts to become really expensive and not fresh that's when everyone would just stop making it yeah because, um yeah, so no that a hot, that's a really good is point is
0: there such thing as a hot pims?
2: I haven't tried it, but I'm sure um, I'm sure someone has at some point, be like a hot toddy style. Like, yeah, I can see it, like yeah. tea, yeah, like I a, think yeah, like
1: good. cut. cutting mean, it,
2: whiskey. It's a like it's a juniper based <laughs> spirit, so I don't think it would be that far off of like a slow gin or something. If you did make it hot, um, like a hmm. hot slow gin, so yeah, I'm sure. It would be nice. It's it's great. I there's nothing like Pims on a summer day in the UK. But yeah, it's like that is one drink. I would I would not if someone handed me a Pims like on Christmas Day. I'd be like, what are you doing? Why are you doing? Yeah, Yeah.
1: I mean, and it totally depends on location too. Like for us in California, we can pretty much get any produce like any time of the year because of the the seasons here are not super drastic. Um, But there is there is something to be said. From like citrus, like, and it's weird too because we make this uh, connection with citrus being a summery thing, but citrus season is actually in the winter, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so that's when it's, you get the juiciest uh, citrus fruits. Um, but there's something to be said between like you know how many limes you require to juice a quart of lime juice in the sun and like the spring versus how many you require to do like right now when it's like season like fall and winter you require a lot less so you're you know it's also like it would make sense that citrus cocktails would be a winter thing but they're not but it's just also like a palate thing right because refreshing sweet and sour makes sense for summertime um so it's weird it's it does have to do with accessibility to produce but also has to do with like what we train our palates to crave during certain times definitely oh yeah Uh uh-huh
0: and not to mention like preservation methods during the winter, like which go back to like colonial, colonial. But your cycle.
1: shrubs, you got yeah. your um, jams, jams, preserves. your syrups, all that. Yeah. All that so good right stuff. now
0: it's like, yeah, if you if you're in an area right now that like you're heading into fall now, and guess what? All that like fresh produce is going away. Like grab it up while you can grab it. Like harvest your trees. Pick your <laughs> forage for green beans, and like preserve that stuff. You know, because like that stuff, you can make it last through the through good portion of all the winter, and you yeah, know, have those fresh flavors uh, in, in a different like uh, container, basically. Yeah, know?
1: and I mean, in the time and age we live now, you can pretty much get whatever you want at whatever time. But it's like there is something to be said between having fresh, like summer. Cherries in the in the in the summertime when they're really ripe and delicious versus going to Trader Joe's and getting like a f- frozen cherries. There's still cherries. You can start, you're, you'll still be able to make that syrup, but there's also a ritual that comes behind. Oh, I'm doing cherries because it's summertime. It does. It, there's something very comforting about that, and like you said, it puts you in that kind of mood of oh, it's yeah, I'm eating cherries because it's summertime. It doesn't mean cherries wouldn't be delicious in the wintertime. I love cherries, but there's something about that, oh yeah, summer's ending. There's no more cherries at the farmer's market. It's it's a very not only palliative but like concept driven thing I think it's like yeah yeah Yeah, I do do think a lot of
2: it is society and it it definitely stems out of spirits as well like like you said Shauna with what like I well like I mentioned on on your podcast I don't drink nearly as much red wine as I used to just because my boyfriend doesn't like it and it's you know it's more like it's not that I'm like you know in some weird 50s relationship where I'll only drink what he brings (laughs) home but it's more just that like I don't want to open a bottle of red wine only have a couple of glasses in an evening and then have it go bad the next day so I've just you know I'll I'll just drink white wine or cocktails with him or whatever but um you know and it used to be like in the winter I pretty much exclusively drank red wine and then in the summer it would always be about white and rosé um, and it is, it is kind of like, I feel like we're coming towards the end of, of rosé season. But one of the things that like, I think is really interesting about moving to the UK versus the US is I feel like in the US beer, there's a lot more seasonal beers, um, than we have in the UK. The UK has some, um, like there's some craft beer, um, companies that will do, um, that will do seasonal ones like the Camden brewery did. They did this one. It was a hibernation lager. That was kind of like a wintry spice lager. That was really nice. Um, but in the U S you've got like, you know, in Chicago, we always drink like line and kugel summer shandy in the summer that just like tastes like summer for me. And then you've got loads of different like ciders in the winter time and Sam Adams does all. And then obviously there's loads of like craft beers and stuff that we'll do. But yeah, I just think that's interesting that like, it seems to, from just my observations, it seems like beer is much more seasonal in America than it is over here.
0: I wonder if that's true, uh, through cocktails as well. Yeah, it, it huh. That's it's curious. Don't um, you guys
1: drink a like like a, a room temperature beer? So over there.
2: So this is what because so my parents first visited London in 2012, um, just the two of them for a vacation. Um, came out here and no, sorry, it must have been earlier than that, like 2010. Um, but came out here and they they loved it um, and. They decided to bring me and my sisters in 2012, um, and I wasn't – I was – I was uh, like 17 or 18 but I was I don't remember really drinking that much on that trip. Um but they constantly went on about the room temperature beer cuz my mom was just like she was just like I need like my mom was like an ice cold Miller Lite person. Like she was like yeah. I'm not drinking beer. Like she like now she is a Pedigree Scotch person so she's even evolved. But um she was just like I I can't deal with the room temperature beer. And then flash forward I moved here in 2016 so like 4 years later. And I'd go to all these pubs and I was like they're pulling these pints from and i I like I really enjoy beer, and I was like they're pulling these pints in the tap, like it's ice cold, like it's like got really nice ales like they you know the lager is like if you just went up and asked for a pint, you'd probably just get lager, but it's it's pretty much all really cold, and it wasn't until I asked my boyfriend about it, and he was like, no, it was like." Like, I think it was kind of in that span between when I visited with my family and when I actually moved here that all of a sudden there was this massive beer movement. Um, and it happened mostly in London, which makes sense. You know, it'll happen in like the cities. But I think if you go to more like rural parts of England, it'll still be the room temperature like ales where they like do the pull and stuff like that. But no, I'm, I mean, I don't hate it, but I just, it's not, when I think of beer, I just, I like it to be cold. Yeah. Um,
1: I, but I don't know if that's for me either.
2: Yeah, it's yeah no, but yeah, if you if you come to London, you definitely do not have a, trouble getting a nice cold pint whatsoever. But I just thought that was weird because my parents just went on and on about how much they disliked the room temperature beer, and then I was like, <laughs> I live here and I've never had any. Um, <laughs> what did you tell? You? you just went to a shitty bar. <laughs> yeah, you're just making things up. But yeah, no, I don't like. There's definitely. Like I said, with like Pims and De Aperol Spritz is huge. Actually, Aperol Spritz, Aperol and Pims, every summer have like a marketing war. So you'll go, like there'll be pubs that have like, that'll market Aperol Spritz and there'll be pubs that market Pim's Lemonade. So they have, there are more, there's definitely more seasonal cocktails here than seasonal beers. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting the difference
1: between, between the U.S. and here. We should oh, make a yeah. cocktail with both Aperol and Pimps. And call it a Pimps Pearl. <laughs> Pimps Pearl. <laughs> or something. <gasps> something. Work in progress. Call it Crushy Crushy Poo Poo.
0: Yeah.
2: I, I wonder That's if Pimps it. is ever. I mean, I know, like, you can buy Pimps and, you know, my parents' Benny's back at home, but I wonder if Pimps is ever going to, like, massively hit the scene in the U.S. It'd be funny if it did because it's just, it's
0: so British. It's present. And I think it's. I remember, like, I feel like it had like a, a, a showcase there for a little bit I, a bar I used to work at on the East Coast. It might be more East Coast, like mm-hmm. I don't really see it anywhere here on in California or at least in LA. Yeah, uh, maybe San Francisco probably plays with it a little, but LA, LA is very specific. It's a lot different yeah. than um, other cities. Like I lived in Baltimore and bartended, and Pims was a lot more present. We occasionally get people asking for Pims here, um, but. I, it's such an agave driven city. Like, like, yeah. it's very, it's a lot more like, I feel like it's a little more simplistic as far as the drinking like habits go here. Not in a bad way, but just like, you know, it's like, let me have a margarita. Let me have a margarita. Let me have, let me have a Moscow meal. Let me have a Moscow meal. You know, it, the, depending on the bar you're working at for the most part, but there's so many bars that are all closed right now, but like, you know, it, it, it's like standards of that people want here. And it's, not a huge it's not as a people might get mad at me on this one but uh this is just how i feel is it's not um it's not as much of a hospitality city as it is an entertainment city Mm. so it's not like the people that go to the bars are not as interested in correct me if i'm wrong adele as like in what's happening in front of them in the bar as they are more interested in like have keeping like having the meeting about what is happening in the in in their own industry you know what I mean which is not I don't find it a bad thing it's kind of like it gives you a break from having to like really engage constantly and like be on your top game all the time because you're like oh I'm making another Moscow mule you know but like uh but this also depends on the bar too
1: yeah it depends and it's also like it's such an expensive city to drink at I mean, L- London's more expensive, actually. But but it is like you don't necessarily have the, you know, the stereotypical bar fly that's going to sit at your bar all day long as much because cocktails are $14, 15 You know what I mean? So you do have people that go, at least the bars are like you know, proper cocktail bars. Um, they go in big groups to go and hang out at said bar uh, rather than, I don't know, maybe like a dive bar or more of a neighborhood bar where you have a bar top and somebody will come out on, on their own and like spend there all day drinking. It'll typically be like a, a, a highlight finish out of Well Whiskey because they want to be there and hang out with you. People that want to drink cocktails usually will not come alone and they won't, um, they will always come in big groups and they won't really like sit and interact with you at the bar as much versus right. a person who's going to get like a, a cheap beer and a shot of Well Whiskey. That's a really good assessment there, Adele. Like,
0: that's a huge difference. Like, when I was bartending in Baltimore, cocktails were $8 a, a cocktail. And so people would literally just come, sit at the bar, and sit there for hours being like, make me something new. Make me something new. Like, I've never had that spirit. Let me try that spirit, you know? And so, like, the creative level of and just, like, sitting there engaging with those those customers and those guests were um, way more involved, like, in... In a really cool way too, because then you can start really getting to know those guests rather than big groups being like, I'm going to have a Moscow meal I'm going to have, uh, you know, the fr- the French 58, or I'm going to have, you know, like, and everyone's just rattling off a different cocktail and everyone tries each other's cocktails pre-COVID. Uh, but you know, that's it is it's a total different s- scenario, really.
1: Yeah, it really that's is, and it's and a lot of the places here that like are like quote unquote pop-in with their cocktail menus or whatever they're usually come a comp like come hand in hand with like a really great uh food menu so people that go to these cocktail cocktail bars to try the cocktails they will usually sit down and have dinner uh because the food is usually really incredible as well so it's not so much a a, wow i'm gonna go by myself to this cocktail bar and like meet the bartender and he's gonna make me an amazing cocktail it's more like Oh, we're gonna go to this really cool restaurant that also makes great cocktails. We're gonna sit at a table as a big group of friends rather than the cocktail. I don't know. It's 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 just a different. It's definitely a different scene. No, People I think do that like to drink, but differently.
2: That's that's super interesting. Um, and to be honest, I haven't. So I have family out in um, in California in Newport Beach. So I've been I've been to California loads, but I haven't. Um, I only went to la once after i was 21 and i was visiting someone who was super boring and we just really didn't do much drinking (laughs) uh, which is like a massive regret um but um (laughs) like honestly um i because afterwards i like went and visited my my aunt and my cousins and my like I told her how boring it was and she was like, Oh my god, I wish I had like taken you out. So yeah, that it'll it'll happen someday. When COVID's over, I'll get back out to California. Yeah, come out. by. We'll have yeah, Abs- we'll a really
0: good that. time.
2: I would love that so much. But um what you've just described is I think very similar to, London is so split between exactly what you said where like the cocktail bars, it's just it's not I've never, let's put it this way, like, I've never been to a really nice cocktail bar and, like, sat at the bar top and had the bartender, like, talk to me about what they were making me or talk to me about my taste or not even talk to me about drinks, but just, like, chat me up in general unless the bar was, like, absolutely empty. You know what I mean? Like, like, there was a time where we went to this really nice gin bar in Notting Hill, and that happened. He was like, oh, tell me what sort of stuff you like, and I did, and then he made me this, like, amazing... um, Martini and stuff. So it does happen. But if you're going to these, like, you know, if you were to look up best cocktail bars in London, like, they're, you know, they're going to make you a really nice drink, but they're not going to be your best friend. Um, yeah. You're probably not going to chat to them. But what we do have in London that would be, you know, the closest to like the dive bar scene in LA or in Chicago is it, just the pub culture. Um it's just like it's so, but the trade off there is that you're like unless it's there are schnazzier pubs that will do cool cocktails, but your average neighborhood pub, you're not going to go in and like the best cocktail they're going to do for you is an espresso martini, which I love espresso martinis, but like you're, you're not you're not going to order a Manhattan or you know any any sort of specialty. It's going to be a gin and tonic or a pint, but you might have a great you know you're more likely to have a great conversation, sit and chat to them all day. So
1: is a um, is a pub like the equivalent of like a, a dive bar?
2: Yeah, like culturally, definitely. It, it, it's interesting, like there's some there are some pubs, I don't know what even the right word to use is like economically, financially, that would definitely be on like the same level as like a dive bar. And then there, you know, you can get quite classy with pubs and like expensive. So Got it. not not all pubs are created equal. Um, But yes, it, that's like culturally in terms of like neighborhood vibes and knowing people there. But, it, but also London is such a big city that... Like, I have a pub on the corner that I go to probably once a week, and I don't think any of the servers in there would even recognize me because they're serving, like, thousands of people a day. Oh, wow. Um, All pubs matter. All pubs (laughs) matter. Exactly. But that actually um, makes me think, and I I feel like you guys spoke about this on on one of the Talk Tales episodes, but, like, is that the interaction is obviously something that you – like um, Adele you were saying that you guys have reopened but you don't get to face off with customers is that has that been super weird during the pandemic not being able to have those interactions
1: it's been really weird in a lot of different ways like um, the bar that I work at it's like a like a proper cocktail bar but it's more of a neighborhood bar like I my regulars don't come in there and order cocktails my regulars come in there and order shots of bourbon and highlights but they'll sit there all day long and I know them very well and they know me very well it's it's a and that's like ultimately the people that pay my bills because they come to see me, they come to see my coworker, and it's just like the people that are always going to be there for us, right? It's it's like a symbiotic relationship. Now, I mean, they don't—they're not going to go and sit without that interaction. They can easily buy a bottle of the shittiest whiskey around and buy a case of uh, high lives for a fraction of the cost and do it at home. Like what they were there for was the interaction. Now that's yeah. taken away from us. It's like a completely different, it's a completely different beast. Um, It definitely, I think the silver lining of that is that I don't know if I could have gone from being in the stay at home order for whatever amount of months and not working for whatever amount of months to full on going to a full bar and interact with all these people in a very personal way. I think I would have had a mental breakdown. So it's it's just a good stepping stone. For when or, or if things go back to normal, I'll be more prepared for it. But I do miss it. I miss those interactions, I, and it's and also it feels like I have no control over my money because yeah. I'm not. I doesn't feel I'm not working that for that money. I'm not, you know, remembering your fucking cat's name and asking you about your ex girlfriend when I see your face. Yeah, I'm not doing that, so I feel like I have no control over how much money I'm making, which is kind of a bummer, and it just it's a completely different job now. It really does feel like that.
0: Just cranking them out now.
1: Yep. Basically, yeah. I feel like a yeah,
0: there is something about that. Robot. Yeah. Being able, like hospitality is like, and we have a tipping system, you know? Uh, and so it's like, if you do a really good job, you usually make more than 20%. Like people throw money down, you know? And so, yeah, I could see how that would affect your, your income for sure. Yeah,
1: And, and there's a, as a bartender, has been in that bar for a really long time and like in the system that we have implemented in that bar. Bartenders do have some power. Most bars will allow you to buy rounds for people that are either having a really good time that you want to. There are regulars that you want to turn into regulars like, oh, it was really nice to meet you. Last round's on me or like, oh, my God, good to see you again. First round's on me like that is such a like great and it doesn't cost the bar a ton of money, no. and that's such a great way of like creating regulars and like like bringing that extra like layer of house hospitality. And it gets rewarded and usually a really nice tip. And now I don't have those tools to be able to make money for my bar, so it's a very it's a very different environment. But I mean, like all things considered, I'm very grateful to have a job. I'm really grateful to have a job at mom and pops bar because after COVID a lot of bars are not going to survive it and it's heartbreaking and I I remind myself every day that I am lucky that I am able to you know have a roof over my head and food in my fridge and booze in my bar
0: <laughs> that's the most important thing most
1: important thing
0: yeah I have a totally different experience I went back because uh, I work my bar I work at is a 100% bar it doesn't have any food uh, so we're still shut down they let us go back for three weeks and I, I was like what Adele mentioned before how she's like away and it was a good it was a good stepping stone to get back into the public. That wasn't my experience at all. You're bartending for people at your bar, sitting at your bar and like they're not wearing masks and you have to wear a shield and you have to wear a mask and you have to like, and I'm like, people can't even hear me. So I like was joking around to my coworker. I'm like, hey, can you hear me say this? I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> and he's like, what? And I'm like, oh, you can't hear it. Okay, sweet. Thanks. I just wanted to check that out. You know? and, oh, that's uh, amazing. But yeah, then they shut it down like three weeks later, you know, and uh, it, but it was, it was very uncomfortable. Like Adele said, I, it made me very, very uncomfortable. And it made me like, like retreat to the back, like back corner of the bar and just like give people drinks and like retreat back. I'm like, I don't even want to interact. I don't want to have, you know, and I, and I feel the people that are out are the ones that are, being reckless and I was having all these like a lot of anxiety about the whole thing so I for one am pretty happy that I'm not engaging right now because um, <coughs> uh, you know it, I'm just ma- just managing just not spending money and just focusing on podcasts and cocktails and, uh, entertainment and getting our cocktail cl- I do po- cocktail classes I've just completely changed my entire uh, f- format and platform of what I do from behind the bar too. No, oh, but it's
2: space. that, it's that ability that to It's the people that are, you know, not to speak down on people that are like truly struggling during the but it's the people that are able to pivot like that, that are going to survive this. You know, you just have to like, take, take the, you know, hardships as an opportunity. And, you know, like you said, go, go virtual with things. and of course, deal with the 8,000 <laughs> technical difficulties. Um, just yeah, like, but we got
0: it. We got it. We're a step ahead, man. We're a step ahead. It's the future. Yeah, uh, and exactly. We, and we are making
1: we are making Tom Collins out of lemonade, baby. Yeah, I mean we have to, and it, it truly is for me. Like where I work, I I feel like I'm the the one employee that's the absolutely least exposed to other people. I literally have zero. I walk in, clock in, go behind the bar, I make cocktails, I clock out, and I, leave. I don't interact with anybody. Um, so I feel pretty lucky in that regard but once they start allowing people inside for in the, indoor dining i think things are gonna change for me a little bit and i'm it's just kind of bracing myself for that because and like there's another thing this pandemic has totally taken the little faith i had in humanity away from me just because like people truly are acting like nothing is happening uh yeah you know seeing people like act going to the bar and like Constantly having to babysit them and be like, "Hey guys, no more than six people at a table." Seeing how they treat the person at the front desk, people refusing to wear their masks—it's—it's it's a really hard thing that I fortunately don't have to deal with because I'm not on the front and the ordering part of the 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 service like at all but just like hearing people who work the front counter and their stories and things they have to deal with with customers and the things that my managers have to deal with customers it's just kind of like heartbreaking man it's just like people get upset because you don't allow big groups together people get upset because you ask them to put on their mask and you're just like really bro like do you think we're outside wearing masks because we want to because literally nobody here wants to be doing this like if like going out and like drinking and eating out is a privilege and treat like such like none of us want to be here in this manner either but we have to so we have to do to survive and you can just be a little bit compassionate so people out there listening like it's really hard to be in the service industry during a pandemic so if you think you're having a bad time the person serving you with a fucking smile is probably having a shittier time so the very least you can do is be kind just be kind it's not hard zingo preach reach girl Seriously.
2: no i i i completely completely agree but i hope that it is not very long before i can come have some drinks with you guys in la yes. and then oh,
0: likewise we're, fly, ditto we're out flying out here over
2: i've got a guest bedroom i'll show you all the good spots it'll oh, be oh, great
0: oh, <laughs> really, that would be
1: that. so cool i want to go to a. I want to have a lukewarm beer at a pub yeah, I'm going to save no. all my COVID pennies, and we're going to fly <laughs> over there. <laughs> no,
2: you totally should. There's nothing more that I love more than having people come over and visit. And on behalf of myself and all the listeners, I do have to say thank you, because like I said, this has been a really shit time for anyone in the service industry. I appreciate what you guys do. Um, everyone who's listening, please tip your bartenders. I don't care if you're in the UK or the US or what the... Custom is, these are unprecedented times. So we <laughs> are tip tip your
1: bartenders. A little bit goes a
0: long way.
2: And it's Seriously? a weird thing too
1: because I feel like the bar industry is like the one industry that doesn't really get affected by anything. Like natural disasters, people go to bars for refuge. When we were in New Orleans, we met a lot of people with crazy bar stories about Hurricane Katrina and how like certain bars became a refuge for a lot of people. In Puerto Rico with Hurricane Maria, there was a bars that became really like important because that was the only things that remained open for people to come gather during those times. You know, you have like the Depression. People were drinking out of being depressed for yeah being like financially depressed so bars remain like you know like a even prohibition industry. didn't stop That's people yeah everything <laughs> this is a like i think i mean i'm not a historian or anything but this feels like the first time that what's going on directly affects bars yeah every other like disaster or thing it's always like a escapism in a place to turn to now it's like the one place you cannot turn to that you shouldn't turn to because of COVID. It's, it's, it's super bizarre what's going on and it's pretty heartbreaking.
0: You could take the bar away from the bartender, but you can never take the booze away from a bartender. <laughs> Facts.
2: <laughs> Preach. All right, well, thank you, Shauna and Adele, so much for coming on today. It has been an absolute delight and super enlightening. I have learned a lot. Um, where can the listeners find you guys? They'd, everyone absolutely needs to check out Talk tales it's cheaper than therapy. It is a delight.
0: Yeah, and, and Meg's going to be on one of our future episodes coming up in the next couple of weeks, so you better tune into that. Absolutely. <laughs> Very excited. We had a Listen great time. Listen to me give to, some uh, serious yeah, unsolicited, unsolicited advice. To... <laughs> dude, straight up. I was pretty impressed, honestly. <laughs> um,
1: but all yeah, dude, Talk Fighter, Unsolicited.
0: Yeah, Talk Tales, uh, you can check us out on all of the places that you find your podcasts, TalkTales uh, the Podcast, and also we are at talktalesthepodcast.com. Um, if you're interested in taking any cocktail classes with us, we have cocktails with cocktails. You can find that talktailspodcast.com backslash classes. Um, and we, we, we keep everyone really up to date on our website. So any, uh, Oh, follow our Instagram too, Instagram at talktales the podcast. Yes. And it's a
1: clarification is talktails T A L E S. Like, like tales, like stories, talk tales, not tales, not like, like doggy tails, <laughs> not like doggy tails or cocktails.
0: Yeah, I know. Oh, I sh- that's
1: a good point. We should. I never thought about that. that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's cocktails, cocktails, tales, tales, tales. tales. To- <laughs> co- cocktail storytelling tales. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's tells tales us in T A L E S.
0: Yeah, baby. So yeah, check us out and uh, and. and- uh, send us an email. We'll send, call, we'll, send you, we'll send you a can of tuna back. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Call
1: our number. Leave us a question. Leave us a message. Yeah, leave Vet, us some friends.
0: Take
1: our classes. Take our classes. And, uh,
0: yeah, we're hustlers. We're we were just little hustling bitches. <laughs> yep, yep. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see Thanks, you next Meg.
2: time. Thank you so much, Megan. Appreciate it. All right, everyone. So that about wraps us up for this week's episode of gin and beer once again, thank you so much to Shauna and Adele from talk tales, the podcast for coming on gin and beer at this week. I was super excited to have my first real bartenders as guests, and I feel like they taught me a lot and had a lot of great insight and stories, and I would love to have them back on again someday, hopefully maybe even in person sharing drinks in London or LA and yeah i will link all of their details in the show notes but make sure to go give them a follow at TalkTalesThePodcast the podcast on instagram they have a really fun account and to be honest i think i'm sure i'm not the only one in this situation but my podcast consumption has massively decreased since I haven't had a commute since I've been working from home. But Talk Tales Cheaper Than Therapy is one of the ones that I've been listening to religiously every week when they release episodes. So I really recommend you guys go check out the podcast. And yeah, thanks for listening. You can find me on show.com, email at show, Instagram at show as well. And I will see you guys next week. Have a good one.